It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. I'm Debbie Kiever, and I'm here with Laura Pereno, and we are excited to announce that we have officially crossed the one-year mark of Beyond the Building. Laura, it was what, May 21st? 2020 when God took the Beyond Women's Conference beyond the building because frankly nobody could be in a building so right a year ago Uh, for Laura and I it was also a brand new experience to learn how to use Zoom and record uh, in two different states Uh, there was a lot that we had to learn this year it was exciting gosh I feel like we are still learning yes uh, we are we are the process but as we um are coming up on this one year mark and looking at the month of June, the the concept of teaching about the importance of building uh, became a theme that we began to talk about. We we remembered remember last year when we started building beyond the building, we really had no idea what we're doing. And mm. uh, we spent some time asking some of these younger generation who understands about podcast platforms, because how do you build a platform uh, for a podcast? So there was a lot of Uh, some expertise that we brought in to help uh, these two women in their 50s. Uh, And it's been quite a a fun journey. But one thing we've learned in life is that if you don't build uh, with the right resources or the right person who's in charge, um, the right motive behind things, you can build something that's not going to last. And so as we are going into the month of June, the theme is building. And for this first podcast to kick it off we are starting with i think one of the most important things and that is the foundation building foundations establishing firm footing in our lives and we are so excited Uh, laura and i have a guest speaker with us today nicole tice Um, she is a personal friend of mine our husbands are in the same line of work and you know sometimes wives travel with their husbands and uh, nicole and i have enjoyed some time over coffee in other states, just getting to know each other. We also share some mutual friends. So Nicole, before I share a little bit about who you are, why don't you just say hello and just go ahead and tell everybody how excited you are to be here with us. Yes, I am so excited to be here. Thank you for asking me to just share a little bit about foundations. What an exciting Um, just topic for you all to take on. And congratulations on all that you have learned personally and all that you have done just in the last year. I've enjoyed your podcast so much. So it's great to be here. Thank you. So let me ask you a question. When do you listen to the podcast? Some people are like, they're the walkers and listeners, the drivers and listeners. When do you listen to Beyond the Building? Well, for me, it's either early in the morning or when I'm outside doing yard work, <laughs> that oh. is my po- that's my podcast time with my my speaker my my speakers out there, and uh, I enjoy it so much, and I get so much done when I'm podcasting and when I'm driving. Yep. So yep. it's become a regular part of life just to be. I call it podcasting. I don't know what everybody else calls it, but <laughs> sounds good to me. Um, I think yes. everybody everybody has their place they like to to do it. I like to do it while I'm making dinner. You know, yes. uh, or driving, um, the cooking or driving podcast listener. But let me tell um, our listeners a little bit about you because you are coming with, you have the uh, great place of authority to be able to share on building foundations in our lives. So, so Nicole Tice, if for those of you who have not had the pleasure of getting to meet her or listen to her, she's the founder and president of Delaware Family Policy Council. Now, we'll refer to that as DFPC because that is a mouthful for a podcast. It was established in 2008. DFPC is a statewide organization that's governed by a board of directors and advisors operated by a team of six full-time and part-time staff members. So Nicole, along with her team, has led DFPC to be nationally recognized as fully associated state partners for Focus on the Family, Alliance Defending Freedom, and the Family Research Council. Nicole is the battle-tested leader by God's grace. She's built a sustainable, well-organized, and growing organization here in Delaware that brings together the young and the seasoned. I think that's 
us, Laura, and everyone that. in between. <laughs> the DFPC team works daily to equip and embolden Christ followers in Delaware to take action to advance, defend, and intentionally preserve foundations of faith, family, and freedom in all the arenas that shape the culture. On a personal side, Nicole and her husband, Chris, they've been married 29 years. Congratulations on that. And parents of two amazing kids, Noah, who is 21, and Reagan, who is 19. That's a lot of words to just try to describe a fabulous, amazing you. And so, Nicole, I just want to welcome you. I want to thank you personally because you have been a really good iron sharpens iron for me uh, in my own faith, in my own awareness and accountability for being um, somebody who is passionate about aligning my life next to the word. You have broadened it even more to how we align our country, our state, you know, our like the sphere that's beyond your house along with the word. So personally, you have been a really good challenging voice for me this past year. So we just want to welcome you um, to this podcast as you begin to share about fond foundations. Oh, thank you so much, Debbie. I feel the same way. That's what I love about your podcast, you know, just in our personal conversations and having someone um, who is growing and mature in their faith and just to go to and to be able to talk about um, these issues with, and especially as it relates to our families, you know, I admire so much and I get to work with uh, your sons and they are just amazing. I tell you all the time, you know, but it's always great when you can see people who are a little ahead of you um, when it comes to raising children and family and, and, and see the fruit and see what they've sown in and how that benefits so many people around them, you know, just in their part of the culture, right? In their part of society. So you've raised some great, great men uh, of God that I, it's a privilege to know them and, and to work with your family. So thank you again for having me. I appreciate that. Well, Nicole, I am really excited to have you here today. And I have heard you share a couple of times uh, at different events uh, when I was in Delaware on a, a more full-time basis. And every time I am amazed at the work that God is doing through DFPC uh, in the state of Delaware and really how that reaches uh, you know, the larger community uh, nationally. And when you share your mission statement, there are three words uh, that just strike me. And I'm just going to read the mission statement here because this is uh, profound and Mission statements are important, but the organization that God has given you, that is entrusted to you, is living out each of these statements in such a real practical way. You can see this isn't just words on a page. This is what you are really doing, what the team is really doing, what God has called you to do. So DFPC's mission statement, rebuilding a culture of life, marriage, family, and religious freedom, advocating for it through public policy and stewardship of government and cultivating effective and courageous leaders rooted in a Christian worldview. I read that, I say it, I just wanna like jump up and down and say, thank you, Jesus, because these words, rebuilding, advocating and cultivating, it just sounds so much like what our culture needs today. And so I'm just so grateful uh, for the way that you guys steward this mission statement. Well, Laura, I'm really excited that that's how you feel about our mission statement, because I tell you, <laughs> we, our whole team is so committed to it. There are lots of things that we could kind of veer off and give our attention to because there's so many important issues today that are going on and happening. And, but this is our lane right here, rebuilding, rebuilding. We say it all the time, rebuilding a culture of life, marriage, family, and religious freedom to us or what we know to be true through all of the research that, that we've done. Those are the basics. Those are the foundational issues. And if we can get those right, then on which to build everything else, then it tends to, to really impact everything else. One mm -hmm. of our mottos that we use is strong families, strong everything. Because yes. Because critical the role of the family is, mm. but that looks really different these days. And a lot of people have come from such brokenness 
through family fragmentation and all that that brings to society, it's really difficult. So we're constantly focusing on getting back to the basics and how do we do this? So thank you. It's very encouraging for me to hear how our mission, which was really born out of fasting and prayer. I mean, mm. honestly, through the years that I've been doing this, we just got a little worn from going to meeting after meeting with but what do we do about it? Where do we really focus and how can just everyday people like me who really don't even really know that much at all um, about these, these issues, we just know something's very wrong, but how do we correct? How do we do this? How do we make a difference right where we are? So I have a question for you, Nicole. It's Delaware Family Policy Council, Delaware. So is this part of something bigger? Like are other states, like I have friends, friends on the podcast here who are coming from different states. What is the likelihood that they would have something like what you have here in other states across the country? I'm so glad that you brought that up, Debbie. So yes, Delaware, you can just insert your state. Okay, so let me back up a little bit and just share what our vision statement is. Okay, and just whatever state that you're in, just plug in your state. So for Delaware to be a state where God is honored, religious freedom flourishes, families thrive, and life is cherished. Again, back mm. to foundations. That is the vision statement that I share uh, with 40 other organizations across the country. So wow. there's one family policy council that is recognized as the on-the-ground partner for these national coalition of fabulous battle-tested organizations like Focus on the Family, Alliance Defending Freedom. I mean, they're just absolutely stellar. And so we have 40 states who are represented and we are growing in our coverage in those other states because you it's, it's a, a, a sustainable, credible organization that's recognized on the ground in each of those 40 states. So yes, okay. we're part of a much bigger coalition. As you're listening today, you can just insert um, any of those states. And if you have questions about is your state, does your state have a family policy council? You can go to the Focus on the Family website. You can go to um, the website for Family Policy Alliance uh, or for Family Research Council, and they will actually state, that there, there is a place there on each of those websites for state-based partners, and you can find that very easily. So, I mean, it's, the, fam the work of family policy councils is so important in a state that as people, I know there's a lot of shifting going around right now. A lot of people are moving yeah, out of very troubled states. And so our council is go to a state where there's an active and thriving family policy council because they are behind the scenes, sometimes they're out front, but definitely behind the scenes. And they are the ones who are shepherding and creating, writing and equipping and informing on uh, policies that are going through those states that strengthen families. So whenever you go to a state that's operating in a very um, free and thriving kind of way, just name that state and there's an active family policy council there doing a lot of heavy lifting behind the background to make sure that that state is, um, is focused on the right things as best they can. They are, they are working tirelessly, let me tell you, because public policy never sleeps. Mm. No. <laughs> mm. Isn't that amazing? I love the fact that every state, and what you just shared there too, in this time of transition in our country, where so many people are moving around and doing different things right now, not necessarily having planned to do this. It's great to know that states have these policy councils in place so you can go to a place and know there is uh, a group to connect with that's pretty amazing mm -hmm. uh when i when i go back to your uh, mission statement and i'd love to just talk about these three words these three key words that you have in your mission statement honestly everyone uh, just sounds like um biblical if that if that makes sense every one of these words that you have put there sounds like a mission that god has given to his people throughout history right old testament new testament today and we we can start with this first word that you shared um rebuilding boy i mean the bible is all about rebuilding right what was destroyed in, in genesis is being rebuilt the church christ came to build his church you are rebuilding a culture of life marriage family and religious freedom um, 
what is really a key thought that you would want to share uh, with our community here about rebuilding and, and Delaware Family Policy Council? Well, a couple of things. Um, a lot of times we get really frustrated with maybe the way certain people are thinking, people in government, um, you know, just those around us, like, why can't they see this? Why are they doing that? Why, you know, we get very frustrated and we think if people just uh, would just wake up, things mm. would be different, right? Well, after doing this for over a decade and being in the trenches, I can tell you that I think that's the wrong premise altogether. I think we have to back up and we have to really be committed to rebuilding uh, and helping people understanding, rebuilding their understanding of the value of marriage, the value of mm -hmm. life, the value of family. Why is religious freedom so important to our history, our heritage, our, um, our ability to thrive and to flourish as individuals? So those very fundamental understanding based on biblical truth is wh what we're missing. And so it's not something that's being talked about in the culture today in our churches. Let me give you an example. Uh, let's talk about rebuilding a culture of life. Okay. So in my generation, um, there were uh, many of my peers uh, all experienced abortion. Okay. It was just something that was there. It was an answer. After all, it's just a blob of cells, right? So nowhere were we taught anything different than that. We didn't hear about it in our churches. We didn't hear about it in our education. So, so many women have experienced uh, the devastation and the violence of, of abortion. So we challenge uh, our, our people of faith, our Christ followers, um, families to be talking about what is abortion and what, why is it so controversial and what does it do? Let's talk about the facts of how this is done. Why is it so violent? Why does it leave such carnage and wreckage in people's lives that that's never talked about in the culture and in the shout your abortion movement, right? Mm -hmm. What's really behind it? So we take it back to biblical truths um, in Genesis that um, we've been made in the image of God. We have an inherent value because of that. And we've been made male and female. God has an unrivaled, amazing order of the universe. And the more we're aligned with that, the more we're going to flourish. There's Reality has a way of lining up with God's word every yes. time. You, you, you can fight it, you can argue it, but reality lines up with those, those fundamental basic truths. But we can't assume that people know what they are. Mm -hmm. That is the gaping problem, the gaping hole that we have. And we have such opportunities in our churches for uh, to be really speaking about what is strong family and how do we get there. And a lot of times it's a war against our own flesh, mm -hmm. right? It's yes. just, oh my goodness, yes. is it ever. But how encouraging is it when we have a frame of reference and a vision that maybe we, we had nothing close to that as we were growing up. That's where we find a, a lot of where we are today. People have no frame, frame of reference what a healthy, thriving family looks like. So your, your phrase in your mission statement of rebuilding a culture of life, just from knowing you and listening to you for you know a couple of years, it's not just, you're not just passionate about rebuilding our own understanding, our own, um, our culture of life that's got to be based on the word. You are also reaching out into the community and into the government. Like we need to, the pressure goes out that direction, rebuilding a culture of life. It's not just educating us personally. It's taking that education out further than even just the Christian community. But so how, like this rebuilding the culture of life where what more can you share about that it's not just about abortion like what are some other areas that you're seeing that that really plays a factor well god has called us to the arena of government and family uh, to the church and education i find that those are the four lanes uh, that god has called us to to really focus on. Okay. So, um, a culture of life, your understanding of the value of life is as a legislator, 
um, you know, someone who is creating and making policy is going to dictate so much of, of how you, uh, of how you legislate, of how you make decisions, right? So it's critically important. Let's just say if you are uh, voting for someone, a lot of times we take more time to evaluate what outfit we're going to wear or, uh, you know, making a purchase than we do in voting for someone who is literally going to represent the values and the views of our family. And so how do we do that? Well, we always advise it, you know, you got to find out something about that person's worldview because their, um, their view of things like the value of life in marriage and family is going to dictate the way that they represent you. Right. We don't know what all the issues are, but when those issues come down, that person's view about the role of government and the role of family is going to dictate what they are, uh, what they are going to do in representing you. So, Nicole, the examples that you are sharing are honestly just I'm learning so much from what you're saying. I'm sure there are more examples. Can you share with us other places that need to be rebuilt, uh, these areas of culture and life um, that you've experience and you could you could tell our listeners more about yes absolutely and again it's not just delaware there is what we have found especially in this arena of public policy laura is that when we're dealing with a certain issue or a policy it's not just happening in delaware it's definitely happening in other states now because we're a part of that bigger coalition we check in with each other to see who else is Mm. dealing with this issue Mm -hmm. and oftentimes we find that there's a special interest group at the top that is driving the agenda down and putting a whole lot of money on it, putting a whole lot of PR on it, manipulating language, changing the definition of words, because we have found that the battlefront is the definition of words, of Mm. terms, and who gets to do that? We are literally watching the foundations right now being redefined on every level did you ever think that we would be at this place where we are debating being made male and female never and and, and if you don't agree with uh the fact with this concept this idea this ideology um this political agenda of separating gender from one sex laura i mean this is profound this is being taught now in the public school system as early as four and five years old. And once Mm -hmm. these children jump onto this idea that I can be whatever gender I wanna be, okay, so let's just say it's a little girl that wants to be a little boy, okay? Uh, Because that's happening at an exorbitant amount, like the percentage is off the charts. Um, It's very troubling how many little girls wanna be little boys, okay? But it works both ways. So let's say Mm -hmm. they get the idea in their mind and they, the parents are like, okay, what do we do about this? They go to seek counsel from a pediatrician. The pediatricians are now saying, well, let's go ahead and socially transition them and play this out. What, what we're seeing, what we're seeing is, do you, what path are we putting these children on? Yes, we're putting them, them on the path of puberty blockers. Yeah. Puberty blockers literally stunts their growth right? Uh, This stunts the growth of their genitalia forever. Okay. So it's puberty blockers. And now we've got entities like Planned Parenthood that are now um, distributing puberty blockers. Do parents even need to know about this? What if a parent objects? Now we're seeing we're just objecting to it. Parents are being uh, framed up and looked at as a threat to their children and mm. to their children's well-being. The mm. second step is cross-sex hormones, right? Where you inject the other hormone, which changes these children forever, mm. right? Mm. And even increases their risk of all sorts of health issues. And um, it, it could chemically mm. sterilize them. Mm. We're looking at chemical sterilization of these young people. And mm. then the third step is actual physical amputation of healthy body parts. You can go to YouTube and do a quick search in the search bar, just put in change regret or detransitioning. Okay. And just see how many stories will populate and come up of young people talking about the incredible regret that they have. And they're actually trying to transition back Mm. to their biological sex. It is astounding. And they are 
they're forever changed, right? Like once a female takes those drugs um, and she experimental drugs and her, her voice changes, it's not going to change back, right? But these people are chemically sterilized. It's amazing the path that we're putting young people on when there's usually and almost always another, there's something else going on that they think that that transitioning will help them. And that's my point. These folks that are detransitioning are all saying the same thing. I had other things going on. I thought this would help. It did not help. It made it worse. And so all of the research, I put air quotes around that, that says that if you don't transition your young person, they're going to commit suicide mm. has been absolutely debunked mm, over mm, and mm. over again. So I'm telling you, this is part of a much larger agenda. Mm, Parents mm. need to wise up and know what to do. This is happening in our Christian communities. I just spoke with someone, Deb and I went to a function where we saw one another uh, this weekend and it was uh, somebody who is a mature Christian, uh, very active and the whole family active in, in church and in the body of Christ and have a very dear friend who's transitioning their second grader. This is a Christian family and they do not know what to do or where to go because all of the experts, again, air quotes around them are saying transition them. As a matter of fact, it has been banned in many states to offer any counseling to children that takes them, um, let me just say it this way. The only counseling that's allowed is counseling that helps a child transition. But you know, it's so interesting, Nicole, we're talking about foundations and, and you mentioned this already earlier. It, what What is being fought against is in Genesis 1 right? Yes. The very first chapter of the Bible, the foundational, like foundations of the world were created and God created male and female. It's the very first chapter of the Bible. There's just an attack here. If we can get at the foundation, if we can destroy Genesis chapter one in the eyes of, of the world, right? Then Genesis two, three, four, five, six, Old Testament, New Testament into Revelation, it, it, it does not count right in the eyes of the world because if you can destroy the foundation then you don't have to follow by or live by the rest of the the word it to me it, i mean i'm sure to us right and when we have that foundation of the word and a biblical worldview we can see how just the the building block is trying to be knocked out in order to take down the rest of society and the rest of you know everybody can do what they want because the rest of the word no longer uh is is going to be part of of life so for our listeners who are hearing this for the first time and you're sitting there with your jaw hanging down or for those who are like, I was kind of aware of this, but gosh, this is really hitting close to home. I think the second word, the second key word in your mission statement is critical here. It's advocating, advocating for it through the public policy and stewardship of government. When I think of that word advocate, um, working in the medical community, healthcare for so long, I always encouraged family members, you have got to be an advocate for your patient. You have to know what's going on and speak up because that patient maybe is in a situation where they're not getting the whole picture. They're Maybe they're on a lot of medicine that's keeping them from thinking clearly. And that's our children. Our children are young. They're not expected to understand these things at those ages. They're they're just still forming their opinions and then their understanding. And yet I feel like there's a lot of pressure being put on kids to figure out something they were never called to figure out. And we need to advocate for our children. And, and what you're saying is that what I'm hearing you say is that the culture is challenging parents that you're advocating for your child is actually harming them. And that's, that's outrageous. That's outrageous. So how in the world are you advocating through public policy and and different roles you have in the government for these rights of our families, the freedom of our family? What is Delaware Family Policy Council doing to advocate? Thank you for asking that. And I want to back up a little bit to what you said, Laura, because that was so spot on. If you can kick out the foundations, if you can try to... Um, can totally break down and reconstruct foundations. Um, you just said it so perfectly with, if you can challenge Genesis one, then why should you believe any part yep. of the Bible? Here's the yep. thing. 
the, the biggest challenge that I see is that in our churches, we're not discussing the foundations. Mm. When the foundations of God's word have are, are looked at as political, so therefore we don't talk about those things, right? That is that is a lie. That is a lie mm. straight from the enemy, um, mm. our spiritual enemy, because I hear it all the time. So people are they're, they're trying to navigate this absolute saturation of the mm. of this ideology in the culture that is everywhere, right? And if you don't follow it, then you are the enemy of your child. Mm. Literally, that it, like to what you said, Deb. That is that is really where we are. Okay, so we need to get back to talking about these foundations and how do we navigate this? I mean, we're, this is affecting all of us. So we're really standing with our pastors. Um, unfortunately, there are very few pastors who have the courage to speak about these things um, that are um, really just basic issues of foundation of morality in the culture. They won't speak about it. This mission statement, okay, advocating for the things that we're rebuilding, right? Advocating for it through public policy and stewardship of government. Again, that's just where God called us, mm. right? But in that particular part of our mission statement, do you notice how I, I didn't, there, the word politics is not mentioned mm. anywhere? Yes. Okay, yes. this is really important because people tend, and pastors do it all the time, this is political, so we're not going to talk about it. It's controversial, so we're not going to talk about it. No, see, that's the lie. Yes. You have politics wherever you have groups of people. You mm -hmm. have politics in business, in your local HOA. You've got politics everywhere, okay? This is about standing for God's design, standing for these principles of truth that are timeless in the arena of public policy and stewarding your freedom well. That means putting in the time and knowing who you're voting for. My goodness, recruit someone to run and help them get in mm -hmm. in that arena because what we're seeing right now is the uh, public policy and, and education policy uh, work hand in hand. So, and, and we're finding that this is all interchangeable. Like the policies that you see in, in either arena uh, have a direct connection to one another. So the way that you can advocate is by being willing to speak up no matter where you are knowing a lot of times if you don't know what to say ask questions one of the slogans that we live by is one person who is equipped and strategically placed will take territory mm, so wow. what do we what do we mean by that will take territory we mean that you're going to touch people debbie and you're going to touch people laura that i will never come into contact with we each have our circles of influence and that's where we can advocate for principles of truth. That's where we can mm. ask the questions. That's where we can go back to God's word and the beauty of God's design for human flourishing. And, and how does that work? And mm. to provide examples to women like you do through your podcast. So it, it's really being willing to, maybe I need to tweak my own diet of information just a little bit so that I can learn about these issues so that I can talk about it so that I can through these issues, bring people back to a discussion about the foundation. Let me give one more example of an issue that we're dealing with right now in Delaware. It was a policy, a bill, an idea. Okay. A bill is just an idea. Um, and oftentimes, you know, we have to determine if it's a really bad idea or a good one. So we think we have a really bad idea going through our legislature right now. Get this. It's a bill to allow human composting. Okay. So oh my word. when you think of the word composting or compost, what do you think of? Uh, think of waste. Right. That's right, right. Throwing something away, trash. There are a lot of people who are very environmentally conscious, who are very, who think this is a great idea. However, let's really think through the, the, the unintended consequences of this idea, other than it sounds horrible because it is the process of decomposing a human body in order to make soil out of it. Okay, oh. so many questions here. The bill actually states that really unclaimed people and human fetuses can be used in the state's effort to be more environmentally conscious to break down the human body into soil 
where are we going to use the soil? And I mean, really, why are, how can we allow this in, in bones and teeth do not decompose. So we would be cremating anyway, right? Because they're trying to say, oh, that takes so much energy and that's not what's best for the earth. So we're going to introduce this idea of human composting. I had to research this. I had to go back and look at what actually happens during this process of human composting. And it, it I, I could not even, it, it, I had a physical response mm, mm. To, to learning this process of how this happens. Mm. They, but the people presenting it, and this is what I wanna warn people about, as they often do, they will make something sound so sanitized, so beautiful and wonderful, right? That, that you would never wanna see what really is the process, like, like abortion, right? A woman's right to choose, it empowers mm. women. They don't tell you how an abortion is done and how that baby is literally pulled apart limb by limb and someone has to go in the back room and put the baby back together to make sure they got all of it out. And then in many cases, what's, because this is being exposed now more and more, those body parts are sold for research mm -hmm. and there's money coming back into Planned Parenthood. I don't know if you all saw it, but it just got exposed last month. Big, big, big issue with the University of Pittsburgh buying babies that are born alive through abortion and put on ice and sent to their research labs, okay? People just look it up. University of Pittsburgh, abortion, they're, they're sending money to Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood harvests these babies, takes them back, and they're growing human parts on mice in the University of Pittsburgh lab. That's where it broke. So that's the story that's out there now. So it's just oh different gosh. things that people need to be aware of when you fundamentally do not value life mm -hmm. or the sanctity of life, it can turn into literally anything. Mm -hmm. You kick mm -hmm. out that foundations and anything goes. And that's what we need people to be really, really aware of because it's dangerous and it always leads to destruction. It, it turns into uh, the things that we can't even imagine it could turn into. That's kind of what you were saying, that these things that are happening are things that we never, ever thought that we'd be hearing in our lifetime or any lifetime. And uh, honestly, it's just shocking. So um, it, this is really uh, all very uh, overwhelming. <laughs> it is overwhelming. Well. Yeah, it's overwhelming information, honestly. And I think when you hear facts like this and when you hear what's going on and when you hear what groups like um delaware family policy policy council sorry i know i got that wrong i should have stuck with the letters you um, got it right okay good good <laughs> yeah, good right. when you when you hear what groups like yours are doing uh with this information that you have this information and then oh, i don't hear this information right because i'm not in the same uh ministry area that you are and our listeners would be the same this is where um, the advocating becomes such a big deal and we need to know where to go. And so thank you for sharing this with us. Um, I think this really goes into our third uh, word that you've put here in your mission statement because, you know, we need to rebuild, we need to um, advocate, but who's going to be the advocate, right? The advocates are going to be the effective, courageous leaders that are rooted in a Christian worldview that that your council is cultivating. And so honestly, this goes right back to the word too. What what did the new church, the, the church of Jesus Christ was built by leaders who were cultivated by Christ, right? To go out there, be effective and courageous, have a Christian worldview, have a worldview that aligned with what the, the word says and make a difference in the community. So um, how does this, this work here with, with the policy council here? Um, it gets you encouraged and excited. I know it does because you want to see leaders raised up. Um, tell me about tell me about why that encourages you and excites you. Oh yes, I'm so excited to talk about this because when you see the onslaught that's happening, you know you you ask yourself, what in the world can we do? What is going on? And you realize we have such a shortage of leaders and courageous leaders. And then once we get courageous leaders in place, they, they really are asking the questions, how do I do this? Mm. How do I navigate this? What is the best way to handle this? How do I stand for truth when I'm dealing with people 
in a culture that has rejected Jesus, has rejected the things of God on every turn. How do I do this? So really, we have to remain fixated on the gospel, and we have to remain fixated on what is our purpose here on this earth? What are we here to do? Mm-hmm. And to be encouraged by that. How many times have you seen God show up and do something completely unscripted? You were praying for it, but completely unscripted with an outcome that you never saw happening, but it was so much better than what you were mm-hmm. even praying yes, for. Yes, yes, right? yes. We see that all the time in what we're doing here. And I'll just encourage folks with this. Sometimes it's easy to look at these policies and things. And and when we lose them and we're not represented and we see how um, it just seems these, these outside forces are so strong. We tend, we can tend to be very discouraged, but here's where I want to encourage you. You need to really be resolved in your understanding that God's economy is completely opposite than the world's economy. And what God considers a win is oftentimes very different than what the world around us considers a win. And God really needed to show me this because it was so discouraging because according to the world's standards, we were losing at everything. We're losing Mm. ground everywhere, right? Mm. But um, but then I had to look at that differently and say, God, am I looking at this correctly? And really, it was through a time of, of fasting and prayer because I wanted, I, I couldn't take it anymore. And God just completely rearranged my lens um, and my understanding of what are we here to do? So we do present the truth. We do stand firm on it. We cannot back off and go, Lord Jesus, just come and deliver me of all of this. No, he's put us here with a very specific assignment. And we are to stand for his truth and do it in a winsome way. That's right. You can be winsome about it when your heart is to love that person. So That's we right. pray for people. We've got um, ministries of prayer that are so exciting. People so committed to prayer for every legislator, for every elected official in our state. That's what we're rolling out right now. So powerful, but cultivating leaders. So once people do get into positions of influence, they need organizations like a family policy council to come alongside them, to encourage them and to help them under kind of understand and uh, just the basics of Uh, the research and how to frame things and how to message and talk about things to really help people connect the dots, right? We are there to support those leaders. But I will tell you now, this is really exciting. When we talk about cultivating, the staff that I have right now have been people who have been cultivated through our leadership program. One of them, my right-hand person was cultivated since she was 14 years old. But we have legislators that get elected and when they do we're right there with them when they go to Mm. battle we do not leave them we are there Mm. we help them be able to navigate through Um, just knowing that you're not alone makes a huge difference and uh, now we're partnering with the christian schools in the state because we're asking the questions what are we doing to get our young people ready to to be Christ followers in a world that completely rejects anything that has to do with God and not only rejects, but is hostile toward people who dare disagree with their worldview. Um, it's very volatile right now. I'm sure you're both seeing it. We're all feeling it. But what do we do to get our young people ready? What diet of information should they have? And what can we do? And this is huge. What can we do? to build an appetite for truth mm-hmm. in our young people, starting mm-hmm. very young. What mm-hmm. can we deliberately and intentionally do to build their appetites? And it's not necessarily like, let, let's just um, protect and shield them from everything, you know? No, it's let's, let's really pull this out and talk about this issue according to these different worldviews, understanding what these different worldviews are, and what does the Bible say? And do we choose God's word as our absolute truth that's Mm -hmm. a foundational question to ask Mm -hmm. do we believe god's word Mm -hmm. yep nicole i feel like we have just tipped the top of the iceberg i mean i know from uh, discussions with you over the years that there is a whole lot more to delaware family policy council than what you could even begin to share on this short podcast 
In fact, I'm just going to, I'm smiling as I say this, I would welcome the fact to be a follower of a podcast of Nicole Tice. Um, which yes, was, yes. Can we just pressure sure. you a little bit? Because there's so <laughs> what you're sharing is so informative. And really, God has blessed you with an ability to share, like how you articulate what's on his heart. And, uh, and I'm overwhelmed. I'm just overwhelmed by the things. It, it's left me thirsty for more. It's left me hungry for more of what is the truth and what is my part uh, in this and being part of uh, being an advocate and culturing, cultivating uh, leaders. Like make, I want to be part of that. So I know that there's a lot of listeners who are sitting there going, Wow, I just thought I was going to listen to a normal podcast and this just just blown open a door of things that I've either not ever heard of or I've just not really uh, realized they were as critical as they are. Um, then they're saying, how in the world can I stay more informed with what Nicole is sharing? So I'm going to ask you in a moment, just tell us, tell your listeners, how can they find out more? about what these current events are and what how to be praying and how to be involved. But there's also those individuals that are saying, my one, my one life does not really make an impact. And I would love for you to repeat, there was a phrase you said, we, if we can just get uh, individuals, I forget exactly how but you phrased it. One person. One person. Who's equipped. Is equipped. I'm going to say it so I remember it. Yep. Strategically placed. Strategically placed. Will take territory. Will take territory. So it, it's not a matter of having 10 people do that. It's one person at a time. One person. It's all through relationship, mm. you know, and taking territory means changing hearts and minds. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes that's going to come in a one-to-one. -one. It's right. going to come through sincere communication, through loving communication, respectful, honoring communication. But typically when somebody makes a decision, you know, on either, like, we'll just take a policy, for example, either way, a lot of times it's come as a result of personal experience or um, somebody really getting to them. We've seen uh, politicians, uh, we've seen people in government at the highest levels completely change their positions on the issue of life because someone got to them. Mm -hmm. Someone was able to help them see it was someone who was strategically placed, who was equipped enough in, in terms of their own knowledge to just be able to ask the right questions and to help them see. And it and, and that person had a revelation, right? Their heart and mind was changed. Maybe it was, it was over a matter of time. I'm sure it was. But their heart and their mind was changed about that issue. And that's what we call... Um, taking territory. When we uh, go in the legislature and we are testifying, a lot of times, especially in a state like Delaware, where we are severely outnumbered. Um, we know that we're not going to win on that issue, but our goal is to advance the truth. truth. Remember, a win is advancing the truth. Mm -hmm. So when we go in to testify, were we winsome? Were we resolved? Were we firm and direct? Again, I want to throw in winsome one more time, but did we present the facts in a way considering our audience that they could receive them? So when we walk out of that room, uh, especially if it's a, let's say an issue about, uh, about life and protecting life in a state that allows really late-term abortion, right? The, the terms are so loosely defined in our state that, um, but that that's allowed. But when we're standing in there and we're holding up a model of a 20 week old baby and we're allowing people to see and touch this baby because that's who we're talking about when we're talking about the, this, this procedure of abortion. And when it changes hearts and minds. People can't get that out of their minds after mm -hmm. they see it and that they hear it and oftentimes for the first time. So never under, we never underestimate what one person can do even in the hearts of your grandchildren, just having certain conversations with grandchildren and helping them to see things from a different perspective, knowing the onslaught that they are getting from the outside world. So it's very challenging to all of us to sharpen ourselves, to make sure that we have the right diet of information. The last thing we want anyone to do is to hear this information. See, I have a steady diet of it, but we don't want anyone else to hear it and feel like, oh my gosh, I just need to go rock in a corner somewhere because this is so overwhelming. I would say, do your best to resist that 
take it directly to the Lord and ask the Lord, what can I do? Would you show me, Father, what can I do and who should I be influencing? Would you help me just to hear your voice and to be obedient to your voice when it comes for standing for your design, believing your word? It could be that he's calling you to go and have an honest conversation with your pastor and to really help your pastor in understanding your position and why we need to be talking about these things in the body of Christ. And you have the resources to help direct people right on your website. Absolutely. Delawarefamilies.org. And that's again, Delawarefamilies.org. And guess what? Thank you very much for your encouragement, Debbie. We are going to start a podcast and it's going to be called Forged <laughs> Under Pressure. Oh, we thought that was very so love it. Forged love Under it. Pressure. And it should be on by the time this podcast airs. And we'll be your first two subscribers. Absolutely, <laughs> Nicole. That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, I cannot thank you or Debbie and I. I know we can't thank you. I'm sure our listeners would thank you as well for sharing uh, what you have uh, exposed. You know, what God has brought to light, the things that we may not see that are, not, you know, out there and that need to be exposed uh, to the light. And so thank you for sharing. I'm grateful to have you here today. And I, I really have learned so much myself. And I feel very um, charged up and, uh, and really same. inspired to make a difference, make sure that I'm speaking truth uh, in my conversations and speaking life. Because when hearts hear this, you know, we end up, uh, chains fall, right? We end up free for the gospel and lives are changed. And we can just live the life that God intended for us to live from the very beginning, free and, and you know, full in him. So I just want to thank you for being here with us today. Uh, for our listeners, um, we're grateful that you are with us today as well. We are just beginning this journey on building foundations here in the month of June, and we welcome you to come back. Uh, it is the beginning of the summer, and we know that, honestly, I'm, I'm going to say that you're home with, maybe you're home with your kiddos, but hey, we've been home with our kiddos for a long time, right? <laughs> Some of our kids have only gone to school for just a short month, a couple of months. But in this summertime, uh, there are lots of things that we can build together as families. We're going to talk this month about building memories. How can we take this time that we have on our hands, we could say, and and build memories that will last for a lifetime? Building legacy, uh, another key important thing that we want to do. We want to build legacy. And then also we're going to be talking about building spiritual disciplines. Sometimes when we have a little extra time on our hands, we can find ourselves wasting it. And yet God has given us these hours where we can use it for the spiritual disciplines that will keep us healthy and keep us growing and keep us grounded in the truth, which it all comes back to as we were talking about here with Nicole today. So thanks for being with us. If you have any questions or you want to reach out to us, our email address is beyondwomensconference at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. Thanks for being a part. God bless. We believe that God will use what we share to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.